it's so good to be back with the family and see all the familiar faces and get the hugs. I'm sorry that Carolyn can't be here with us, but maybe the next time we'll come together. So um, let's let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for relationships. Thank you for relationships in you. What a what a heritage. What a privilege. What a blessing to know that um, not only in this life can we share our common life in you, but we will spend eternity together. So thank you for that hope each day, and uh, thank you for the opportunity today. I've made a little uh, progress since I was last here. Now I'm like Kent. I'm using a computer (laughs) (laughs) to uh, speak from, so normally it's paper notes, but uh, if you'll forgive me, today's uh, message will be somewhat of an autobiographical report on what we've been doing and what we've been up to since our time back home and, and some reflections upon that. So um, if you'll allow me that uh, privilege. If, if I could express maybe one word, some of the most significant changes that have taken place in our life back in Seattle, it would be the word family. Family life and family experiences have been uh, the highlight of our recent events. Birthdays, holidays, and just recently Mother's Day. I think you probably went to, went to the park um, and Father's Day. So family has been a, a theme uh, in our lives for the last six months. Let me ask Dave to show a recent picture of our family, our nuclear family. That's my daughter and son-in-law and our grandsons, Lucas and Trayvon. That's family. Some of the thoughts that we've had recently about family is um, how important the metaphor family is for the church. It's a biblical metaphor. And I've been struck recently by reading a book by uh, Dave and Paul Watson on contagious discipleship making about how the characteristics of the family are characteristics of the church. So let's just talk about a few of those characteristics and consider our own families and then consider our Christian family. In a letter to Timothy, his disciple, Paul says, I'm writing these instructions so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. God's family, which is the church of the living God. What can we learn about the church by reflecting on the characteristics of human families? Well, first of all, families are generational. As soon as Carol and I returned to Seattle, we enrolled in a practicum called Grandparenting 101. (laughs) It's been an exciting and growing adventure. Um, We're learning more every day and developing new skills. Uh, Sometimes, admittedly, the nice thing about grandparenting is to be able to leave and go home. (laughs) Um, It was interesting just recently meeting with our friends in Indonesia just this past week and talking about the responsibilities of Christians to our families, caring for our aging parents, caring for grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Uh, that's so much a part of our identity and purpose in our lives. So families are generational. The church is also 
intergenerational. Paul gave instructions on how to behave with younger and older members of the church. Jesus responded with welcome to children and gave insight and words of wisdom about becoming children in order to enter the kingdom of God. We can learn from elders as well as from our children what it looks like to trust and obey God. Families are identifiable. These are some of the thoughts and themes that came up in Watson's book. Families have a particular name and identity, a reputation in the community. They know who they are, who belongs in the family, and who does not. Recently, uh, I was reading a book by Dr. Albert Moeller, and he dedicated this book to his grandparents. He said, and he named each one of them, to the memory of my grandparents who so loved me and without whom I would not know who I am. So Carol and I have been thinking about that. and That sets the standard for us very high for grandparenting to help our grandchildren discover their true identity, who they are before God. So we, we pray regularly that we'll be able to seek and achieve that goal of helping them discover who they are as God's children. The church is the community of God's children. It's a place to discover our deepest real identity as who we are as individuals and who we are as sons and daughters in God's royal family. Remember when Jesus was 12 years old and he was left in the temple in Jerusalem and uh, when his parents found him three days later, he was sitting with the elders and listening and discussing with them and asking questions. And as I reflect on that passage, I think, wow, 12 years old, Jesus was exactly where he should be to discover his identity and his purpose, his mission. He was in his father's house. And I think, wow, there's no better place for us, whether we're young or older, to discover and clarify who we are than in the community of God's people, people who are committed to God's purposes. Families are encouraging. We're discovering the unique personalities of our grandsons. With my grandson Lucas, everything is about winning and being stronger and being the first. And um, Carolyn was recently asking him what he was learning in preschool. or She was asking him if he was learning about the Bible and uh, Bible stories. And he said, yes. And God is my favorite man. And I thought, later reflecting on that, yeah, God always wins. <laughs> so that's why... God is probably his favorite man. But, but when Lucas doesn't succeed at something right away, he doesn't catch the ball or he doesn't do something like that, he gets very discouraged and downcast and wants to give up. So we have to teach him gambate. We have to teach him that, uh, that uh, no, that's not a time to give up. That's, that's a time to keep trying. So we try to encourage him when he uh, gets discouraged when we're playing games or when we're uh, spending time together. The church, too, is a place where we can give and receive encouragement. Hebrews 10.25 reads, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, 
especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So a healthy church is a community where members are looking for opportunities to encourage one another. That's why it's so important to be together, whether it's on on a Sunday gathering like this or just during times during the week, to be together, to weep with those that weep and uh, rejoice with those that rejoice and be encouragers. So just like the human family, God's family is a place where we can give and receive encouragement. Families are open. Our second grandson, Trayvon, is two years old. You saw in the picture. He's our son and grandson by adoption. My daughter and son-in-law have been foster parents for the last several years, and uh, they took Trayvon into their home when he was just four days old, and that was almost two and a half years ago. So they are discovering what it means to welcome a child into the family who did not arrive by birth, but arrived by special invitation. So adoption is a new experience for all of us in our family. We're learning what that means. Uh, Marriage opens families. Eight years ago, my daughter was married to Josh, you saw in the picture, and then our families suddenly became doubled in size and relationships. We now have in-laws on Josh's side. Now more faces show up at family gatherings and relationships have multiplied because our family is open. The church is to be an open family too. In Paul's letter to Romans in chapter 8, he says, You have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So we're all adopted into God's family. We're not families because we're born as God's children, but we're born by believing and receiving the gospel and putting our faith in Jesus. So adoption teaches us something about not only an open human family, but what it means to belong to God in his family. Families are reproductive. One of the recent highlights in our family was the news that my daughter is pregnant and there's going to be a new number three in September. Since we've been here in Japan, we didn't have the privilege of holding a newborn baby that was our grandchild, but this time God will give us that experience. They've decided to wait until the day of birth to find out whether it's a boy or a girl, but we're kind of hoping it's going to be a girl, but we'll be glad whatever the Lord gives us. Um, We already have Lucas and Trayvon, so it would be wonderful for them to have a little sister. The church is reproducing new believers and new births all the time. So when we hear about a baptism or a new birth in the family, that here at MCC, that's cause for rejoicing. While we're legally tied together as family by marriage, our relatives, that is, in my case, our relatives are not followers of Jesus yet. So one of the first orders of business for us, and has been really ever since Josh and Bethany were married, is to pray that that our in-laws will come together in, in God's family. So you can join us in prayer for that burden. They're um, wonderful people, wonderful caring in-laws, but uh, we are not able yet to really have an open discussion about what could our family be like if we were 
built around the person of Jesus Christ. So that's our prayer, that we'll be a growing family, not only physically and legally, but we'll be a growing family spiritually. So you can pray for Tom and Linda Winzak, my son-in-law's parents. Families are caring. Three weeks ago, my wife underwent knee replacement surgery. Actually, it's been four weeks now. Uh, That's why she's not here with us today. So for the weeks following surgery, I was the primary home caregiver. I was responsible to do many of the household chores that are usually Carolyn's role. It was my job to do the grocery shopping, prepare meals, serve as a nurse in helping replace bandages, and encouraging her to do her exercises, even though they're painful. But being a caregiver has given me new opportunities for growth in my role as a husband. And uh, thanking you for your prayers, Carolyn seems to be getting along well and better each day, even according to the emails since I've been gone. The church is a home where members can find healing and restoration, a caring community. That should characterize God's people. The scripture instructs us not to neglect or hurt one another, but to serve one another, to look after one another, to carry one another's burdens. The church is a hospital for the sin-sick and spiritually wounded. Families are part of a community. Our new home is at 4552 14th Avenue South in Beacon Hill when you come to Seattle. It's actually the same general neighborhood where we lived for almost 35 years, just two miles south of my daughter, who now is the owner of our old home. But we have new neighbors that uh, we had not met. And uh, we believe that God has put us in this location, not just because we were able to get this particular home, but put us there to be a light for Jesus to our neighbors. We did a Japanese custom. We, as soon as we arrived in our home, we went around and gave a gift to the neighbors on each side and all around us. That's just a cool thing to do. And it really started off the relationships well. We're especially excited about the couple who live to the uh, south of us. They have been in this community for years and years, and uh, they know practically everyone in the community. And so we've begun to develop a very close bridge of friendship, and we're praying that Jesus will walk across that bridge sometime. I mow their lawn, uh, they fix our cars. It just, it's just amazing relationship. And if you think of Luke chapter 2, the person of peace that you meet who is networked in the community can be an open door for relationships and witness. The Williamsons next to us are, we believe, that people where God has put us so that we begun to meet Christian neighbors down the street and God willing we'll start our soup and sandwich our soup and nuts uh, meal that we used to have once a week just for the neighbors to see uh, those relationships grow we're put there in a community to be a light for Jesus the church is also a part of a involved in a broader community God promised that Abraham, he would bless his family, and through this family, he would bless all the families of the earth. So all of us, God's people, are scattered throughout the community here to be a blessing, uh, whether that's in a classroom, 
a downtown office, someone you randomly meet at the mall, or people you know in the neighborhood. Uh, We are Christ's ambassadors, representing his rule and reign at all times and in all places. We have been blessed by God's, and God's purpose is that we will be a blessing to those around us. Families are loving. We also discovered in our short time at home that families also have tensions and conflicts. (laughs) They're not always perfect. Um, Family is not always, as we say, a bed of roses. Uh, That's reality, isn't it? Relationships can be easily strained or wounded. So there's ongoing need for communication, conflict resolution, forgiveness, reconciliation. There's a constant need for love to cover a multitude of sins in the family. So even already we've experienced some of those, wow, we're back in family and some of this stuff is is happening around us. But what a place to, to discover what love means. Recently, three of us grandfathers got together in our local coffee shop just to have conversation and to eliminate some of the tensions over issues in the family and to, and to build relationships. And um, we're learning to love our way through those difficult family relationships. And maybe, maybe you can identify with that. You have uh, in-laws or even nuclear family or families where love needs to uh, rule and be discovered. Churches are places where love finds expression in forgiveness, reconciliation, and renewal of relationships. So many of the commands in the New Testament are about forgiving, accepting, bearing with, being at peace with each other, loving each other. The family of Jesus can be, for the entire community, a household that exemplifies God's love and grace. There are many more characteristics of the human family that are also instructive to us about God's family. But let me just leave you with these questions to reflect on as you consider this family, your spiritual family. How are you experiencing the benefit and blessing of growing and modeling and learning from multiple generations of believers here at MCC? Our Indonesian friends were lamenting that they could not be near their grandchildren who are living in eastern Washington. But they're grateful for the couple over there in Richland who have kind of adopted their grandchildren. And uh, so we can do that kind of things in the family of God, can't we? We can be a surrogate or substitute parents or grandparents for people who may be removed from their real families. So I hope that there are opportunities for this church to be um, that kind of bigger family for God's people. How are you individually and corporately discovering and confirming yourselves to be God's royal family? How is this identity and purpose shaping your priorities and your, your daily choices? It's, it's who we are. It flows out of who we are that uh, uh, our priorities and tro- uh, choices come. How are you encouraging one another toward growth and maturity and mutual blessing? We're blessed by God and we've been called to bless one another. Is this an open church where newcomers are welcomed into the family? 
Are you experiencing spiritual reproduction and fruitfulness and new spiritual births? It's a sign of family health, isn't it, as we uh, reproduce children? Are you known as a caring community where members can find healing and grace and mercy? What a wonderful reputation that is for God's people, the church. Is this church a blessing to the surrounding community? Immediate to this place where you worship weekly as well as a blessing in the larger communities where you live? Is this church known not as a perfect community but a place where love is being expressed in healing and growing relationships with God and with one another? I pray that as you reflect upon your own family life, that God will teach you what his family is uh, designed to be. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, for the phases of life that we experience in our families, the changing roles and responsibilities. Thank you, Lord, that even in the difficult ups and downs of family life that you teach us, the meaning of grace, that teach us the meaning of forgiveness and um, your unlimited grace in our lives. I pray, Lord, for this congregation who have been such a family and blessing to Carolyn and I during our sojourn here uh, in Japan. And we pray that this will be that kind of family and place for many who are in this community coming to live here We pray that there will be new births as your grace is shared by the members of this community in their network of relationships. Thank you for human families. Thank you, Lord, for a spiritual family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.